a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Harry placed the point of the quill on the paper and wrote, I must not tell lies. He let out a gasp of pain. The words had appeared on the parchment in what appeared to be shining red ink. At the same time, the words had appeared on the back of Harry's right hand, cut into his skin as though traced there by a scalpel. Yet even as he stared at the shining cut, the skin healed over again, leaving the place where it had been slightly redder than before, but quite smooth. Harry looked around at Umbridge. She was watching him, her wide, toad-like mouth stretched in a smile. Welcome to the Restricted section, the Harry Potter podcast for those Harry Potter fans who are kind of sick of Harry Potter. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 13, Detention with Dolores. It's the week from hell, y'all. Harry has four consecutive detentions with Dolores fucking Umbridge, and they're not good. There's some drama about him having to miss Gryffindor Quidditch uh, keeper tryouts, but in the end, Ron gets chosen as the keeper anyway. And that's probably going to be awesome for him. Welcome to the restricted section where we must not tell lies. Not on purpose anyway. I mean... We get a lot of stuff wrong by accident, but that's not what a lie is. That's just an honest mistake. My co-host today is our new keeper, Grace. Ah. Say hello to the listeners, Grace. Hello. She's a keeper. Oh, cute. <laughs> and I'm extremely excited to announce that we have a new guest with oh, us oh. this week. Our special guest is Talia Franks, poet podcaster, writer, and creator. Say hello to the listeners, Talia. Hi, I'm Talia. Hello, we're so glad you're here. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. It's really weird to be talking about Harry Potter after so long not talking about Harry Potter, so it's going to be uh, it's gonna be fun. Um, Good for you for <laughs> not talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, what's that like? <laughs> yeah, I'm Pretty jealous. It's really weird. I actually had to borrow my roommate's copy of Order of the Phoenix because all my Harry Potter stuff is locked up in storage. Fair enough. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> That's kind of the attitude we like to see on this yeah. podcast. Like, we're here to talk shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I realize I have access to the ebooks, but I kind of wanted to, like, have the physical book. So um, I feel it in your hands. Yeah. I feel you. Before we go any further, Talia, what are your pronouns? Yeah, so my pronouns are they, them. Perfect. Amazing. Next, if you could please tell the listeners a little bit about your work. You do so much awesome stuff. Um, and I just, what what is it? What's all the stuff? Yeah, I do a lot of stuff. So I'm co-host, executive producer, and social media manager for the Wibbly Wobbly Timmy podcast, which is a Doctor Who deep dive analysis podcast that uh, I do with my good friend, Lucia. Um, 
she lives in Melbourne, which is on the opposite side of the planet. So oh. um, it's really interesting. I, I woke up at 3 a.m. this morning. Oh, um, <laughs> oh we, my gosh. We were recording. Oh, my God. Yeah, we have a, uh, one of the other shows on our podcast network. The host lives near Brisbane. And mm-hmm. so uh, luckily he is really kind and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll wake up at 5 a.m. to record with you. Yeah, <laughs> but I wear many hats. I, I like to say I grew up uh, wanting to be a polymath and at some point realized I was basically just a nerd. <laughs> yep. I've done a lot of things. My educational background um, focuses in the realms of language, uh, critical race theory, fandom, and religion. Um, and god, then, cool. that is such a cool combination. <laughs> oh my god! So, uh, in my working life, I've mostly worked in um, administrative, social media, marketing, and communications roles at nonprofits. And uh, currently, I'm working at a nonprofit in um, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, oh yeah, and which we're going to talk. Later, right? We're going to talk more about that in a bit. Yes. And I also um, have written. Some I like to write articles um, for my website. So I'm doing a series on the called the Percy Jackson Project, where I'm reading all the Percy Jackson books from the perspective of, as an adult. Oh my gosh, I I forgot about that, but I discovered that because we also have a Percy Jackson podcast on our network, and I was like, hey y'all, you need to check into my guest coming up <laughs> um, because they're doing this very cool project that I think you would be interested in. Yeah, so I'm awesome. really excited. I actually just wrapped up reading all the King Chronicles books. And I'm taking a short break um, before I take on the Apollo books are next. Uh, wow, I'm doing, that is cool. I'm doing NaNoWriMo this year and I'm <gasps> writing. Oh my God, I'm so sorry for taking even one moment of your free time. <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh I'm, I'm actually ahead on my word count. I'm writing, <gasps> a, I'm writing an MCU time travel fix it. And I posted the first chapter, I posted the prologue. It was a little over 500 words. Like within 24 hours, it had over 500 hits and 50 subscribers and 40 ah, kudos. And so I was shit. like, okay, I'll post the first chapter just to be nice. It's already written. And then within another 24 hours, all that had doubled. <laughs> and oh it my keeps God, climbing. Damn, that's so cool. Oh my gosh, congrats. <laughs> but I also have written a lot of Harry Potter fic. It's just hard to like get, like I said, it's hard to get the energy to be as involved in Harry Potter as I wanted to yeah. um, mm-hmm. because I haven't wanted mm-hmm. to. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. When I was younger, I was like known as that Harry Potter kid. Like <sighs> I was obsessed. I was involved in like every single Harry Potter thing I get my hands on. I was actually on the Quidditch team in college. Wow. Okay. I, I yep, played yep, yep. chaser. <laughs> <gasps> That's very uh, assertive of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was very much into Harry Potter, very much into like all that stuff as a kid. Um, I identified for when I was younger for a long time as a Ravenclaw, and then that shifted into identifying as a Slytherin. And then everyone's like, no, you're not a Slytherin, you're a Hufflepuff. And I was like, okay, well, I guess everyone's telling me I'm a Hufflepuff. I do have a lot of Hufflepuff-like traits. That's a Hufflepuff reaction. <laughs> I guess I'm a Hufflepuff. But, like, at my <laughs> core, I still feel a lot like a Slytherin, so I've just decided I'm a Slytherpuff. With a, with, a, oh, with, a little side of, with a little side of Ravenclaw. So, basically, I'm just everything but Gryffindor. Amazing. I, that's Gryffindor my favorite. Gryffindor is the lamest, yeah. <laughs> Slytherpuffs are rare and very special. Talia, have you seen Puffs, the play? I have, actually. They came to Boston at one point, and I saw them. That's very cool. 
that's amazing. So I think Megan from Puffs is a Slither Puff. Mm-hmm. And then also the only other one that's coming to mind right now is Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think it's also a Slither Puff. Mm-hmm. I've not actually seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's something about like a hard outside and then what you know that the inside is very, very squishy. Just mm-hmm. a little ooey-gooey center. <laughs> yeah. So what's your Harry Potter history? Like start at the beginning. How old were you when you were reading them and watching the movies? And then what's your journey been like? My Harry Potter history, I first had the first book read to me when I was in kindergarten. (gasps) That's so cute. I love the idea of having it read to me. That's amazing. Well, so basically, when I was growing up, my mom was in grad school. She was getting her PhD um, as I was in elementary school. Yeah. So she she graduated with her PhD when I was in eighth grade. So she was like in school all through like when I was in elementary school and part of middle school. So she put me in after school program and the after school teacher um, read us the first Harry Potter book, like read us a few chapters a day. Oh, and the funny thing was like, I like liked it well enough, but I wasn't like super into it. And like, I saw the first movie and I was like in theaters and I was like, okay, this is fine. When the fifth book came out, my mom was actually really into the books and my mom ignored me for several days to finish the fifth book. And she loves to tell the story of how I was so upset about her ignoring me that I shouted that I hated Harry Potter and that it was the worst and I was never going to read it. But then what ended up happening was in the fourth grade, I finally decided to read Harry Potter. No, okay, no, it was the third grade. I finally decided to read Harry Potter and I like got really into it. That's a good age. By the time the sixth book came out, I was very into it. And I remember... We were going, I wanted to go to the midnight release, but I was only, I was nine and I wanted to go to the midnight release, but my cousin, like my mom's cousin was getting married. So instead we, we bought it in the airport and I had it on the plane and there were all these children crying on the plane because they were like, that person has it. Why can't I have it? (laughs) And then there was like, and I remember when, um, when I found out. Like, I, I ignored my entire family. Like, I read the entire plane ride. Mm. We got just there. Just like I your mom my entire you. family. Yeah, just like <laughs> my mom taught me. I ignored my entire family. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was just really into the books, like, all through being a kid. Mm-hmm. But then once the sixth book happened, I, like, basically, there was no more Harry Potter until the seventh book was coming out. And me, precocious little nine-year-old me, um, I am... The exact reason why people should be careful about what kids see on the internet. Mm. Because I proceeded to go find all the most inappropriate fanfic in the world at nine years old. I was like, like, where are they going? I stumbled stumbled upon such inappropriate fanfic. But the funny thing was, was that I was like, I'm nine years old. I shouldn't be reading this. And I restricted (gasps) myself. What? <laughs> what? Whoa. How responsible of you? What the hell? <laughs> and I was like, I'm too young for this. <laughs> so I restricted myself to only reading fic that was That's rated incredible. Until I was probably like 13. Oh my wow. gosh. Good for you. <laughs> but yeah, so I started, I discovered reading and writing fanfic at the tender age of like nine years old. Okay. Um, and I remember Amazing. I wrote a lot of 
Harry Potter Twilight fanfic by hand in a notebook. That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. But yeah, anyway, and so I just continued um, being really into Harry Potter. And I got like very online. Of course, because I was like nine years old, I had to pretend that I was not. Right. Um, because like I was literally like you had to be at least thirteen and sometimes mm-hmm. eighteen for most things. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm not advocating for anyone doing. That. <laughs> I am saying that I am right. The poster- you said at the beginning. I'm saying I'm yeah, the poster child for why people should surveil their children on the internet better. But also, <laughs> I had super strict parental controls and could barely use the internet at all. And let's just say that neither one of these is the right option. Maybe somewhere somewhere in, the in the middle. middle yeah. Like, neither one of these is the right option. But, like, I'm giving the sanitized version of this stuff. <laughs> this is, like, all to say. I got, like, more and more in Harry Potter. And then by the time I was 16, my mom started letting me go to more, like, in-person stuff. The thing that I ended up going to was the Yule Ball Boston that Harry and the oh, Potters nice. put on every single year. And until COVID, I went every single year in person. Wow. And then 2020 happened. And then right? 2020 <laughs> happened after everything that happened with like, I was already really pissed off about the stuff that happened in 2019. But yeah. in 2020, straw broke the camel's back. I wrote a very impassioned blog post on my website. And then I ended up having someone slide into my DMs at like midnight on a Wednesday being like, hey, do you want to talk to someone from the New York Times about J.K. Rowling being a turf? Whoa. Whoa. You're like, I would love to speak about that subject. So that's how I ended up having like a two sentence quote in the New York Times a couple of years ago. You're the most famous person I know. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for using your voice for that. Yeah. I mean, like other people were also interviewed and I appreciate your thanks, but I I feel like I've done what I can, but there are also like a lot of people who've done a lot more than me, like especially um, the folks at Hashtag Ruthless and the Gaily Prophet, like Larkin, Jesse have done so much and I really appreciate them. Um, Yeah, every every little bit helps though you know what i mean like we're yeah, all in no. this together i just mean i'm not really involved in the harry potter fandom anymore as mm-hmm. much so i right. feel like they've done a lot more great work. right they're doing on they're doing work. the ongoing work whereas like yeah. i have sort of distanced myself from that well i'm so sorry to have pulled you back into <laughs> no it. don't <laughs> don't be sorry i i'm sure you were here to slander exclusively oh no i'm here i'm here to slander we're talking about dolores umbridge and exactly she is the worst. Before we get into the chapter, though, I did want to take a moment to acknowledge Native American Heritage Month. I think we're all uh, aware that there are some holidays this week and this month. Um, and we just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that and talk about, you know, we've never really done this before, but talk about like what indigenous lands we're recording on um, in honor of this holiday. Halia, you have some cool stuff to share. Um, did you want to do that first, or should Grace and I talk a little bit about uh, the land we're recording from first? Yeah, I mean, I can share. So I live and work in the place known as Cambridge, Massachusetts. My specific area is the unceded homeland of Massachusetts people. 
And so, as I mentioned before, I work at a nonprofit. I'm the communications manager for um, History Cambridge, formerly the Cambridge Historical Society. Um, and so on our website, we have an Indigenous People's History Hub, which is a resource hub um, that is really only beginning of our continued efforts to learn from and engage with the past and present histories of Native life and cultures in the spaces that we occupy. Amazing. Because the majority of the work that we do at History Cambridge is local to the city and um, because because of the way that white settler colonialism has divided native lands and displaced indigenous peoples. Uh, the work we do with the hub is necessarily more expansive than the artificial borders that were created by colonialists that created the cities and towns in Massachusetts and in the country at large. Um, so a lot of the hub tends to talk about this region in general but so the resources can be applied to people, not just in the Cambridge area, uh, because this area was not always known as Cambridge. The culture and the history behind it is much more than that. And also, I think it's also important to remember that um, Indigenous people were here and are here, continue to be yeah. here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a link to that hub in the show notes. That is such a cool first of all, job to have mm -hmm. such a cool thing to spend your time putting your effort into. Like, I just absolutely love that. Well, Grace and I, we live in Virginia. And an interesting thing about Virginia is, I don't know if you remember this, Grace, from like elementary school, but mm -hmm. Virginia is fucking obsessed with its own history. Oh, like, whoa, my God. Yes. Tell me about Virginia history because, the th you know, we were the original settlements are here. So we're like, <laughs> we got a lot oh, to talk so about. Cool. <laughs> but the real history of Virginia is not the Jamestown or whatever, but the real history of Virginia is the Powhatan chiefdom, right? Mm -hmm. Grace and I both live on Powhatan land, which runs from, I mean, the original Powhatan chiefdom was over 100 square miles, like pretty much all of central and eastern Virginia, as we know it today. Um, and it was a group of over 30 allied native tribes um, under like Paramount Chief Powhatan, aka Pocahontas's dad. Oh, yes. You probably know of Pocahontas. Yeah. The, the, I will say the Disney representation of Pocahontas is a literal crime. And if it's not, yes. it should be. That's actually in my, that's actually in my notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, <laughs> yeah. It makes me so mad, but we'll, that we'll movie get. is so, uh, it's just all lies. The chiefdom separated into individual tribes. So, that's when we get the Pamunkey, the Mattapanai, Upper Mattapanai, Rappahannock tribes, Monacan, Chickahominy, Eastern Chickahominy, and Nansamond. So six of those tribes have received federal statehood status, and um, the others are seeking statehood status today. Great work with all of those. Thank you so much. Please consider supporting one of the tribes we've mentioned today. You know, if you're trying to like do something nice for Thanksgiving. Specifically, I recommend donating to the Chickahominy and Rappahannock tribes because they're still seeking federal statehood status. So um, consider donating to one of them to support their efforts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy fucking Thanksgiving. Um, anyway, we're here to talk about Chapter 13, Detention with Dolores. Ugh. First of all, this <laughs> um, I think I've mentioned on the show that my beloved grandmother passed away like uh, what, like six months ago, and her first name was Dolores. 
So I think that when I was a kid and I read this, it, that was the only other context I had for the name Dolores. Encanto was yet to come out. Uh-huh. And those are the only Doloreses. My cousin's abuela, who's basically like another grandmother to me, is also named Dolores. So that was also the context I had for this. Oh, nice. similar. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so get ready to get mad because we're here for fucking detention with Dolores. A week of detention with Dolores. But uh, we're going to dive right into it because actually kind of a shit ton of stuff happens in this chapter. But It, it kind was of so also, long. It was so long. It was like 25 pages. Kind of none of it mattered um, except for a couple crucial points. Yeah. So w- we're going to dive right into it. Okay. I thought it was kind of short. Really? Oh, really? It felt really brief to me. Well, that's good. But I mean, I was listening to the audiobook at work today and it was like an hour. The chapters are about an hour long now. Ugh. At this point in the book, <laughs> oh it's, uh, it's a lot. So, <laughs> and if you feel like this chapter was a lot of, of time, um, which maybe you did, maybe you didn't. As a reminder, this is the same day from the last chapter in the book. They're still having the first day of school. Well, oh my god! I think Harry says like this first week has felt like a month, and I'm like, I, I feel you, my dude. Yeah, reading it for forty pages has been uh, has been long. Yeah, everyone heard about Harry's shouting match with Professor Umbridge. No, no, Umbridge. They're yeah. not giving her professor. And they're all like whispering about him, but not in a way where he can't hear. They're like provoking him. They, (laughs) I don't even know what on earth could possibly drive me to just openly gossip about someone within their earshot. Like, I I have no idea. I don't know. They just want the tea. I guess so. (laughs) They're like, we'll do anything. (laughs) So they leave dinner early. Hermione's like, let's get the fuck out of here, which good move. Yeah. It always struck me as odd that people were so, like, waffled back and forth about how they treated Harry. Mm -hmm. Every year, it feels like. Also, I thought what was really interesting was how Hermione gives the alternative perspective that she didn't think that anyone ever believed Dumbledore in the first place. Yeah, for sure. I wrote down something very similar um, about she just keeps, I think, like, bringing Harry down to Earth. Mm-hmm. over and over in this book doing all of this emotional labor well yeah because he's just feeling the most all the time which yeah you know, and i get it valid. it's a lot it. right now but yeah she's just trying to provide some valuable perspective reading this chapter as an adult and like to be clear i only read this chapter i have not i have not read the book <laughs> i mm-hmm. read this no, chapter don't. in I isolation no for that <laughs> I, I read this chapter in isolation I was, like, really struck by how it feels, like, outside of the context of the rest of the book. Like, knowing the rest of the story, but not, like, not having read the rest of the books for, like, Mm -hmm. a few years. Mm -hmm. It feels really interesting to me to think about how it really shows and demonstrates how they are literal children with, like, Mm. the, Mm -hmm. like, Sometimes, like, I I remember when I was first reading this, I was, like, so hard on Harry, Ron, and Hermione for their reactions and the things that they were doing. And I'm like, no, but they're literal children. They're yeah. literal children. And I think that they're both doing pretty well, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Ron, Ron especially, I think, is, like, I'm not the one causing problems this year. I would love to be part of the solution team on this. Yeah. <laughs> 
So they go back to the common room. I don't know. Maybe this day will end soon. And they're just like hanging out by the fire when Hermione just like bursts out screaming. <laughs> I love this. I, lo- I love it for her. <laughs> um, she's she's mad about how unfair it is that Dumbledore is letting Umbridge deprive them of a proper a- education, especially during Owl Year. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting to me because one, like, yes, obviously it's horrible that Dumbledore is depriving them of a good education. But when she was like, especially during our owl year, I was like, whoa, that's like privileging yourself a lot. Like, yes, it's your owl year, but also like, is it not also important for Ginny and Luna for fourth years? Is it not also to important? To just get their education. Yeah, to just get their education. Yeah. Is it not also super important for Fred and George and Lee, who it's their new year? Yeah. I think that's true. But at the same time, I feel like Hermione was just raised this way. Like, it seems like she was raised to, like, really value grades and stuff. She's on her journey to letting go of that. By the seventh book, she's like, fuck school. I have better things to do, you know? It's true. And then every class they go to, every professor is like, owls! And like, you know. Uh, Oh, God. OWLs, man. Which, like, fuck standardized testing. I know. It's terrible. Yeah. And though, also, and I know that this is not covered in this chapter. I think it was the Mm -hmm. last chapter, but I just wanted to say real briefly how much it makes no sense for them to have their conference about what they want to do for jobs at the end of fifth year. It should be at the end of second year when they decide what classes to take. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, because for me, like, I remember when I was in fifth grade, I made the choice about whether or not to take Spanish or French in middle school. But the district I I lived in, um, you were only able to take Spanish or French in high school if you had taken it in middle school. So, like, I'd wanted to take French in high school, but I wasn't allowed to because I hadn't taken it in middle school and they didn't offer French one. I had to oh. take Spanish. To be clear, I wanted to keep taking Spanish, but take French as a second language. I took yeah. Italian as a second language and said, I don't really regret it. I love the fact that I can that's speak pretty Italian. Cool. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm learning French on my own, like, through Duolingo. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm with you. Like I, when I was before I got to the end of college, no one tried to talk. No, the beginning of college. No one tried to talk to me once about my career, you Mm -hmm. know, whereas like, you're right. When I was in like middle school, I was picking, uh, extracurriculars just based on what (laughs) felt cool. Yeah. Just for funsies. Yeah. Just for funsies. And it's like, whoa, I could have been like going in a direction here. Yeah. If I had known. Yeah. The system sucks and we don't tell kids enough. Yeah, it really is awful. That's why I like ended up joining a um, mentorship program for alumni to current students at my college to like oh, that's so cool to like connect with like first years and second years to like encourage them to like think about things before they are juniors and seniors and yeah, like that's, about that's, to go off. That's so great into the world. that you like identified the problem and you're like actively a part of the yeah. solution. And it probably, they probably hear it better coming from a mentor than like a counselor. Or like, yeah. You know. yeah. So they're just doing homework. Everyone else comes up from dinner. Fred, George, and Lee Jordan are all hanging out with a bunch of first years. And I just want to say every single scene that any of any of the, uh, the three of these characters are in, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they're chaos. Well, okay. okay. But Hermione is right here. I just yes. want to point out. 
Oh, no. I'm not on their side. <laughs> okay. I just love to watch it. Okay. I just wanted to be clear. She's right. Yeah. This is child endangerment. Hermione's right. Okay, so the kids start passing out. Hermione starts shouting. So Hermione is right. I do think she is approaching this the wrong way. Me too. Just by, like, shouting and grabbing, you know? Yeah. Well, Hermione approaches everything the wrong way. Uh, haven't even gotten, we haven't clear. even gotten into the white savior bullshit with the Oh my elves. god. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, it just never ends. And then also she's like trying to loop this is where I think she goes really wrong. That she's trying to loop Ron in on it. She's like, Ron, come on, we're going to get your brothers. Like completely disregarding <laughs> a pre existing fifteen year long family dynamic. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's true. Lee goes around and gives all the passed out kids like the other end of the treat to revive them. And they're all like, whoa, what? Where am I? What happened? Here? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just so bad. Like, there's they're babies. Like, leave them really alone. Bad. When I was a kid, I thought this was hilarious. Like, this uh, definitely didn't. It did not occur to me that this was really unethical until like. Oh, today. this is super unethical. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really, it's really bad. bad. Well, I think there's that one scene. I think it's in the last book. That where there's that line that's like just then Neville startled everyone by suddenly turning into a large canary or yes. something like <laughs> that from one of their candies. I'm like that shit is so fucking funny, <laughs> unethical, non consensual, but in terms of writing, that shit is so funny. Hermione, they're like, "What are you gonna do, prefect? Give us detention, take away points?" And she's like, "No, I'll write to your mom." See, now that was handled beautifully. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's like I love it. Like- I love it's one of my favorite tropes in fiction when someone is like not afraid of the official authorities but is terrified of their mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So before Hermione goes up to bed, she carefully places some of her knitted hats uh under a bunch of trash by the fire so that the elves will pick it up and become surprise freed. Surprise! <laughs> Hi, Hermione. Can we just insert... Not a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes we can. So misguided. Wow. It's just so bad. And like Ron, I think, does the right thing. He's like, he clears the trash off and is like, they should at least see what they're picking up. Like they should have the option to not do this to themselves. Yeah. But also Hermione's a student. She doesn't have the capability to free them anyway. They're employed by Dumbledore. Interesting. I bet Dumbledore would say some shit though. Like no one's your master here. The school is your master. And Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, anyone. Yeah. But also Hermione's a student. She doesn't have that authority. I'm with you. I'm just saying, like, imagine that they were, like, not enslaved, but actually, like, paid employees of mm-hmm. the school. Mm-hmm. A student can't fire a, like, yeah. a staff worker. Like, oh, I think <laughs> I think most of them aren't paid. I think that. Oh, no, I'm saying, like, that's why one. I'm saying Dobby's a weird one. Dobby's the only one who's getting paid. I'm saying, like, ima- like if. Imagine. imagine a, in a world. Like, in a world <laughs> where, like, they weren't. Where yeah, they weren't yeah. and she just would and not then, have the other like, would have no right. Like imagine like I'm saying, like imagine that this isn't a magical school. Imagine right. that we're in like a normal boarding school. These are regular janitorial staff. And Hermione right. just walked up to one of them and was like, You're fired. Because that's basically what <laughs> she's doing. You're right, that's very funny. <laughs> no, <'cause laughs> that would never work. Because 
That's basically what she's doing because, like, at this point, the house elves, like, it's not that they don't want to be free. It's that they've been so indoctrinated with this way of thinking because of the way that wizards have treated them for so long mm-hmm. that they don't know any other way of life. So, like, for a lot of them have, like, yet to fully embrace freedom the way that Dobby has. And, right. like, it's this really twisted, like, sick form of, I don't know if the right word for it is brainwashing or mental manipulation or something has been right. done to, like, really just, like, shape the whole culture of house elves. Yeah. So it's not, like, a simple thing of, like, giving them hats and telling them you're free now. It's, yeah. like, you have to, like, first go to the house elves and, like, change, like, their conceptual framework. Right, which starts with understanding their conceptual framework. Yeah. Like you have to fucking yeah. chill and listen to them for a little bit to, like, even yeah. understand what's happening. That's the other thing. The, to understand what's happening, even if you want to change their conceptual framework, the other thing that I feel like Hermione's not getting, like, that the math is just not mathing for her, is that house elves are not human. They don't necessarily have human wants human needs, human right. like ways of thinking. So she like she makes a lot of assumptions all the time about this issue. She makes so many assumptions all the time about this issue. And like I'm like not in any way advocating for the enslavement of house elves. I'm advocating for right. sitting down, talking to the house elves, seeing yeah. what they actually want. Mm-hmm. Right. What do they need? What do they want? What do they need? What do they value? Yeah. I have a whole fanfic, which is sadly unfinished, called Never Underestimate a House Elf. And it's um, all about not underestimating house elves and looking at house elves through a new critical lens. I love love that. that You should finish it. It basically tells the premise of what would happen if Creature had come with um, the trio on the Horcrux hunt. (gasps) Oh, wow. that's so cool. It's yeah. like sort of like a what if type situation. I like Amazing. it. Yeah, that is really and interesting. I, it's like almost done, but I like just lost momentum. Yeah, I feel you. So everyone goes to bed. The next day is more classes. Uh, double charms, double transfiguration. With They both start with a lecture about owls. Fuck standardized testing. Did I say that already? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. Say it again. <laughs> I'll say it again and again. <laughs> say it again Dude. for the people in the back. Fuck standardized testing. Bucket. Uh, they have care magical creatures in the afternoon. The lesson is on bow truckles. They ask Grubbly Plank, where is Hagrid? The woman won't answer. Well, of course she won't answer. They're just punk ass kids. Yeah, they could be anyone. <laughs> she has no obligation <laughs> to them. <laughs> Um, Malfoy and Harry like flirt a little bit, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. as they do, you know, their typical back and forth. Malfoy says Hagrid is messing with stuff that's too big for him. Wink. Mm-hmm. So whatever that means. Yeah. Next is herbology. Uh, when they get to the greenhouses. Oh, my God. I love this interaction so much. When they get to the greenhouses, Ginny and Luna and the other fourth years are coming out of the greenhouses. And Luna, love good 
marches straight up to Harry and makes a proclamation of support for him. Bless her heart. I love her so much. I love her so much. Luna is literally my favorite character in all of Harry Potter, definitely. And in several other pieces of media. Yeah. She's definitely. She's just great. She's She's the best. She got her turnip earrings, right? Everybody's laughing at that. I think they're, yeah, radishes. Oh, radishes. That's so bananas to me because those, they just sound so cool. <laughs> like a lot. They sound so cool. I bet they're cute as hell. Also, they're so delicious. I love radishes. Yeah. Really? I guess I don't know what a radish is because I, I just said turnip <laughs> instead. No, they're like, um. Radishes are the little red ones yeah, that you shave onto a salad, right? Yeah. They're really delicious. Like sliced really thin. They're sort of like spicy. Um, oh. Not spicy like paprika. Spicy like, um, like they're sure, really shocking. Like spicy like Lacroix. <laughs> I've never had Lacroix. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we um, call, we call it spicy water because we're stupid. <laughs> no, it's 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 like tangy. It's like really it's oh. like a really sharp taste. Like not quite bitter, but not sweet at the same time. Do you think her earrings are real radishes? I thought so. Yeah. I feel like they're real radishes that have been magically preserved. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Probably what it is is because, like, you know that, like, magical herbs and plants and stuff have different properties. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the radishes must have some sort of magical property, like, Mm -hmm. imbued Mm -hmm. into them. So then she preserved them with magic. I mean, that's what I, I do. That. Yeah, yeah. Love that's that. That's cool. The narrative is very rude and dismissive of Luna. Harry's like, yikes, thanks, I guess. And then Ernie McMillan comes up and is like, it's still not only weirdos who like you, Harry. Like, what? Shut up about and, Luna, dude. She's being nice. And also Hermione says, you can do better than her. Yes. Yeah. Hermione, what the you. fuck? Where's women supporting women? Uh, Come on. Like, Hermione is very quickly becoming my least favorite. I know, not uh, a great Delora character showed for up and Hermione. I was like, okay. Yeah, exactly. You're not my least favorite person. Steve competition. Harry has to run up to like grab dinner before detention at five o'clock. Honestly, kind of abusive to schedule detention during dinner. If you ask <laughs> There's a lot of abuse going on, okay? I guess you're right. I guess we'll get to it. <laughs> and then Angelina Johnson comes up raging mad that Harry got detention during keeper tryouts. Yeah, she mad. I love her. They But they mentioned in this chapter that she... Feels like she's channeling all of her wood. And I like that. That's very funny. (laughs) The pressure of power is getting to her a little bit. She's like, you have to ask for Umbridge to move your detention. (laughs) Like, in what world? Oh, silly Angelina. (laughs) In what world would that happen? Mm -mm. The, The unbelievable part is that he asks her. No, I would just lie to Angelina for sure. Uh just to, just to avoid giving Umbridge the satisfaction of like yes, having I would asked. Never, I, would I would never. Uh well, are you guys ready for detention? I don't wanna. With Dolores. It's detention with Dolores. She makes me so mad. Yeah. On like a visceral level. I really just despise the way she has villainized the fluffy pink kitten aesthetic. Right. (laughs) I I really like and identify with that aesthetic. Uh and she makes it seem so awful. Yeah, when I was when I was a kid, I had a bright pink poster and it was one of those platform high heels, six inch high heel. Ooh. 
like a thick, chunky platform. And yeah. inside of it was a kitten. And it said, if the shoe fits. And I hung it upside down <laughs> um, right above my bed. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's basically like the teen version of the kitten plates that Umbridge has on her wall. <laughs> yeah. I would love some Technicolor live action kitten plates. Are you joking me? <laughs> that sounds like the cutest thing ever. So I read this chapter in isolation. Mm -hmm. So I have not reread the rest of the book in forever. So I don't know if this actually happens in the book. Sadly, I don't think it does. It might have been I just read it in a fanfic. But um, I, I think I read it was a fanfic where someone pranked Umbridge so that the cat eyes followed her like creepily and they glared at her everywhere Whoa. she that's funny. Oh my gosh. Like the, the like the cat faces. Yeah. Like, Cause the cats always move in the plates or whatever, but like basically the cat mm -hmm. faces just like turned into like monstrous faces that like glared at her and, and followed her like wherever she was. She deserves it. And so much, which worse. I don't think happens in the actual book. It was just it in like a Sadly. revenge fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> That's some haunted house shit. Yeah, it was. It was some haunted, haunted mansion. House. Harry Potter genius has the actual audacity to ask for Friday's attention to be moved. <laughs> yep. Um, obviously, Umbridge says no. She's like, you... No, I'm not going to move this uh, to accommodate your schedule. <laughs> this is making me think I have on my computer, on the base of my monitor, I have a sticker that says, may you have the confidence of a mediocre white guy. <gasps> I texted that just today. Yeah. I write I texted that just today, Grace. Yep, yep. can confirm. <laughs> and I feel like that's the energy. That is the energy. <laughs> Man. And here I mean, Harry, you just there's whatever. He's <laughs> uh he's big old dodo head. Yeah. So she she assigns him lines. Did y'all Talia, did you ever have to do lines in school, like as a detention or for any other reason? I only ever got detention once in my life. Brag. <laughs> and all I had to do was sit in a lecture hall and quietly do my homework for an hour after school. And then they let me go. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool, pleasant. actually. Yeah. Grace, what about you? Have you ever had to do lines? I've never, I never got detention. Oh, why? I'm asking the wrong. Crowd. I'm so yeah, sorry. No, and I well, so I did get in-house suspension once. Whoa, that seems worse. That is worse. <laughs> I ended up going to the in-house suspension place, and the person who like oversaw it was like, "You're not one of my usual customers, are you?" And then I was like, "No, I'm probably not." And then he's like. Okay, you can just go sit in that side room over there. Feel free to use your phone. I'll come get you later. Oh, this <laughs> is pretty cool. So it's like a school vacation. Yeah, yeah. That's and basically, I just didn't, and I and I didn't have to. And it was literally the last day of school. What? Oh. And so I didn't have to go back to class. And the only classes I missed were study hall, and the class that had the person that was the reason I got in-house suspension. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, great. <laughs> that's amazing. Christina, lines? Yeah, I mean, obviously I got detention more than once. Um, <laughs> and I also got in-school suspension once. I never had to do lines, though. But I feel like I remember as a kid, 
I mean, I was like a writer kid, so I just had like pens and notebooks and I would just write shit all the time for no reason. So I feel like I probably was like, hmm, what would it be like to do lines and like probably wrote a page or two and then was like, this is boring. And, and I was just like admiring my handwriting, you know Aww, what I mean? Cute. <laughs> but um, yeah, most of my detentions were just sit here until you die of boredom. Mm. Well, I mean, my detention was we were allowed to sit there and do homework and I literally That's once so nice. got an award for doing my homework. I literally have an what? I, I literally have <laughs> a plaque. I have a little wooden plaque. Aww. That's amazing. That's yeah, way better than like perfect attendance or something. I was a yeah. nerd. I also won third place in the chess tournament. Uh-huh. Two that's years cool. in a row. That, see, that's the cool <laughs> kind of nerd. I uh I I was I I did I didn't do homework. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, you're you're very cool though. One of the cool kids. <laughs> you're completely wrong about that. <laughs> I was it not was like one a, of the cool kids. It was, it was the best of neither world. You know what I mean. <laughs> Umbridge doesn't give him any ink. It's a special quill, no ink. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know what happens. Like we all know, he starts writing the lines, and they show up in blood red ink. What did Harry think was going to happen? Did he think it was just like a pen? I mean, he grew up in the Muggle world. He must have thought it was a pen. He doesn't, yeah, like, he doesn't use his brain enough in moments like this. Like, he is not thinking critically about the situation at hand. No. I mean, not like he could have done anything different. Right, like, there's just not much. He could have, uh, after the first detention, gone to a teacher? Wow, yeah. Gone to McGonagall? Or, we'll like, talk about that. maybe he could have left the detention and, like, gone to McGonagall and told her, and told McGonagall, this woman is torturing me. Yeah, it's yes. torture. I, I think, um, I think I would have done that, too. Um, but Harry's like, we're in a war Harry's now. like, this is personal. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, like, could not be me. If someone was trying to get me to carve stuff into my flesh, no, I would absolutely be running to a t-shirt yeah especially my the top of my hand where i can see all my bones and veins like maybe my ass cheek or something (laughs) but like not my (laughs) hand on the one hand if it was a phrase that i actually liked it might be an interesting way to give myself a tattoo oh my god (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) it sounds like a really it sounds really painful when i could just go to a tattoo artist Right, yeah. which is still painful, probably not nearly as painful. Actually, I find tattoos really relaxing. I've fallen, oh. as- I've nearly fallen asleep multiple times while getting tattoos. Wow, brag! That is so cool for you. <laughs> I almost, uh, I almost broke down crying when I was getting my weirwood tree on the side of my, uh, the tickle zone. Um. So, did Umbridge like invent this quill, or uh, oh my god, or is it like a ministry sanctioned torture device? Yeah, like I just like, <gasps> where did she get it? I've seen a few different interpretations of this in different okay. fanfics. Hit me, hit me. Yes. So, like, some interpretations of this are that it's, like, an official ministry device that she's abusing that, like, people say, people will say, like, oh, that, so most people call it a blood quill. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's given an official name in the in the book. But basically, people will say that the quill is used for, like, signing official documents Mm, like name and blood like signing your name in blood wow and like and it's only supposed to be used for like special legal agreements and this is like a severe abuse of power and that she never should have had it and that's like a really common interpretation i've seen 
another really common interpretation of scene is that Umbridge is a sick fuck who mm. invented them as a torture device. Right. <laughs> okay. So this is a two both, takes. Both I seem like yeah, I could see both, both it going can, either way. I could see it going either way. So anytime I see either one show up in a fic, I'm like, sounds legit. Honestly, like compared to like all the stuff that like the CIA in America has done, like I'll believe the government would do any fucked up thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bar is in hell. <laughs> I don't know why the second you said that I pictured um Lil Nas X doing his stripper pole down <laughs> So he does his lines for hours and hours until Umbridge is satisfied. She's like looking at him to get for a reaction and he doesn't give it to her because this is personal. Exactly. Yeah, she's like, all right, you're not permanently scarred. I guess we'll just try again tomorrow. <sighs> Can we just acknowledge he says he's pretty sure it's after midnight and his detention started at five did yep. it i couldn't yeah, yeah his detention started. started at five he said it must be after midnight he had to rush to dinner to get it before five. Oh my god seven yeah. hours oh my god even if this wasn't going into my skin and getting my blood it would still be way too long yeah. like maybe two hour or three Three hours. Top and like, what if, and like, honestly, like, I'm thinking, like, did she let him take bathroom breaks? Did he let, oh did, did she let him drink any water? There are so many bathroom questions about Hogwarts at large <laughs> that we can't possibly begin to explore today. <laughs> so Harry skips breakfast the next day to do homework because he didn't get to do any homework last night. God, this whole chapter is so stressful. For Ravenclaw, especially. <laughs> I feel like this whole chapter is a cautionary tale on... Don't delay on doing your homework. Oh, my God. But he can't help it. I know, but there's one thing that I took away from the Harry Potter books. It's don't delay on doing your work till the last minute. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because then when I when I do delay on doing my work until the last minute, I'm like, fuck, is it me? Am I the drama? (laughs) (laughs) Ron is also doing his homework and he won't say what he was doing last night that prevented him from doing his homework. And it's funny because like, I would think just that there was no one who wanted to do it with him would be enough to prevent him from doing his homework. Yeah. But, (laughs) but there's more, (laughs) there's more. Harry just chooses not to tell Ron and Hermione about the detention for a reason. He can't quite put his finger on. Like he really, he's like, feels lame. Yeah, he's like, it'll just make it harder to endure. So Which stupid. <laughs> I don't, I would not, I just, none of these reactions make sense to me. No. It's because Harry grew up, like, alone and um, seemingly abandoned in a cupboard under the stand, in a cupboard under the stairs, and he does not understand the true value of community. And um, sharing one's really burdens. About that. Yeah, no coping <laughs> skills. And I think that's what Hermione keeps trying to like in- enforce to him throughout this book. Like, hey, we're here to listen. Like, you actually don't have to scream at us. Like, we're part of we're part of your team, no matter how much you scream at us. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah. Harry desperately needs therapy. He needs a hug. Oh my god, yes. So oh true. my god. I, w- I would put that as a tag on my fic, except Ao3 banned me from putting in more tags on my fic. Oh my god. Harry needs a hug. <laughs> It, it, no, I put that on. I put that tag on like on my MCU fix too. I put like 
Tony Stark needs a hug. Loki needs a hug because they all need hugs. Oh yeah, they all need <laughs> hugs. It's the chosen one syndrome. <laughs> all these traumatized white boys out there. Wow, they need and, hugs. Yep. <laughs> they need therapy and hugs. They need therapy and they need hugs. We go into like a bit of a montage, like Harry skips lunch to do homework, uh, homework detention montage. Ugh, detention, my nightmare. Homework, homework detention. Yeah, the two worst things. That's not the fun part of school. The fun part of school is being in class. Detention and homework are the bad parts of being in school, <laughs> if you ask me. Yeah. I honestly, I found doing homework a lot more delightful than dealing with my classmates a lot of the time when I was in public mm. school. I would often interesting. I would often skip class and have my prof- and have my teachers give me extra homework instead. Wow, wow. <laughs> work smart, not hard. You are a Ravenclaw. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I guess just because I'm super social, like extrovert Hufflepuff, that I'm like, yeah, class is fun. I can talk in front of a whole room of people if I just raise my hand. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So on Thursday, the phrase "I will not tell lies" finally does not fade from Harry's skin. Um, and she's like, oh, it does seem the message has sunk in or like whatever bullshit she says. I hate her. She doesn't like use like I would be like what? Like she's not using the language to describe what she's doing. You know, like yeah. I would be like, what is this? You know, like make her say it out loud because she is using these euphemisms for fucking torture. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's literal torture. It's It's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, it's She's fucked. pretty much the worst. Like, honestly, I have seen so many Voldemort redemption fanfics, but very few Umbridge redemption fanfics. Yeah, Can't that tracks. Because, because Voldemort, I think, as a character has dimension, and, like, Umbridge is one-dimensionally a straight-up bitch, dude. Yeah, just evil. Evil. Yeah. And, but it makes me wonder... Like, J.K. Rowling obviously has a deep, deep-seated problem with women. I mm-hmm. know. Like, yeah. they're she all does. so caricatured and, like, villainized. The only characters with depth. Yeah, and, like, every single woman character gets villainized. Hermione gets villainized. Fucking Molly Weasley gets villainized. Like, like the ones we're supposed to love beyond all else get, like, so villainized in the narrative. Yeah. Even just a it's scene fucked. with, like, how Luna's called a weirdo, but, like... Luna, Cho gets villainized. But, like, Ernie's is, like, seen as, like, valid. Yeah, pompous but valid. <laughs> oh, yeah. That meanwhile, was the phrasing. Meanwhile, like, Ernie was the one calling him the heir of Slytherin and being an asshole. Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 And yep, then you yep, have, yep, like... Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. It reminds me of when, in college, I was trying to buy... So cocaine Um, and the guy that I was buying it from like wouldn't deal with me like only my boyfriend because like in his history, his deals with women never turned out that good, even though it was my money. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Some bullshit. Don't buy cocaine, kids. (laughs) That's the moral of the story. That's the moral of the story. (laughs) Way too expensive and there could be fentanyl in it. So he's like, do I still need to come back tomorrow, Friday, the day I asked off of detention? And she's like, yes, obviously you need to come back. <laughs> oh, my God. He tried again. Yeah. Have the confidence of a mediocre white guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you far. It'll get you farther than you could have ever dreamed. And you'll be like, how the hell did I get here? 
On the way up to the common room, Harry encounters Ron, who is hiding from having to discipline Fred and George. <laughs> and also hiding his broomstick behind his back. Hiding his broomstick. <laughs> He's trying out for Gryffindor Keeper. Mm-hmm. This is such a cute little interaction, though. I love this. It is a very cute, wholesome interaction of them trying. They're both being supportive of each other. They're both being shocked by each other and supportive of each other. (laughs) Because Ron notices the scars on the back of Harry's hands and Ron is is not happy about this. It says he looks sick. Like he looks like so affected, which as he should. His honey is wounded. (laughs) I have a variety of characters that I ship in the Harry Potter universe. I have a philosophy of that I will read almost any ship at least once. Yes, totally. I even read a Snape Luna fic once. Wow. Mm. I didn't hate it as much as I expected. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I'm know. just pointing out, I will read any ship at least once. I get it. <laughs> if nothing else, then out of morbid curiosity. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> but I really, really like Harry, Ron, and Hermione, the Golden Trio. Aww. As a ship. That's my that's the ship and never underestimate a house elf. Oh, I love that. There you go. Yeah, I mean Ron and Harry do both need Hermione's brain at all times because they They're just brain empty no so much. <laughs> yeah, like they struggle so hard. Their their entire vibe is brain empty, no notes. <laughs> <laughs> we threw out his name. <laughs> um, what day is it? It's Friday. Finally. I know it's Wednesday, but it's Friday. It's Friday, Friday, <laughs> Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. It's Thank you so much. I had almost forgotten that song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so close. <laughs> How could you forget? How could you forget such an iconic ballad? Harry's in detention, surprise, surprise, and he can like kind of see the Quidditch pitch and he like catches some glimpses while he's doing his lines. Mm-hmm. When it's time for him to be done with his lines, Umbridge grabs his hand and then he gets a searing pain in his scar. So many scars on his body right now. That's probably not important. That's probably not important. Yeah, Umbridge is like, you're good. Get out of here, champ. Can I just say, like, she touches him too much. Yeah, it I don't kind of goes like along it. with her, like, saccharine. She's, like, playing this act of, like, a matronly, like, saccharine caretaker. And I feel like the touches are, like, part of that. Like, the way that, like, Molly Weasley touching him would be normal. I feel like she's trying to, like, emulate that kind of, like, see, because we're friends. I'm sure we're going to be very good friends. Yeah, and she just, like, scarred him for life. It's fine. Ugh, she, like, grabs up his hand. Disgusting. It's just very uncomfortable for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. As much as I hate what happened, as much as I hate Umbridge as a character, I hate what happened to her. It makes me Mm. so deeply uncomfortable and stressed because like the fact that like Hermione like lures her into the Forbidden Forest and I know this is getting ahead, but I'm not going to be on that episode. So I have to say it. Yeah, that's okay. We're all spoilers all the time. (laughs) Lures her into the Forbidden Forest and like has the centaurs take her away. When you think about like the history that centaurs have in mythology of like, taking women and when you think about the implications of what happened to Umbridge when she was like taken into the forest and traumatized and won't speak about what happened. Yeah. I mean, 
that to me as an adult is like the only obvious reading. When I was a kid, that super never occurred to me. Yeah, same. Like, I think luckily, like that just never, that wasn't something that was in my head yet when I was a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just thought that she had some like noise and motion trauma, you know, like (laughs) riding a roller coaster when you don't want to. Yeah, no, I studied Greek and Greek and Roman mythology fairly extensively. So I was fully aware. (laughs) Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it does seem uh, I mean, it's fucked. That's fucked. (laughs) And we'll we'll talk about it more when it happens. Harry runs up to the common room. He's shook because of his scar hurdy. Um, but Ron has been made keeper, so he's celebrating now. Sorry, you're celebrating despite your trauma. He's <laughs> like bleeding everywhere. <laughs> I like, know. Yeah, I'm so happy for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Hermione is asleep in her chair with her like beer tipping over. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Tell me you haven't found a friend that way in your life because I feel Tell like Tell me why I'm me, that like, friend. That's me. <laughs> One time, my friend Drew was, like, drinking a beer, and we were all watching TV together, and the beer, like, all we heard was, like, the beer fell, and he turned around and looked at the dog and was like, Polo, and we were all like, Polo, like, Polo knocked out of his hand, but then Drew was like, nah, I fell asleep, Polo <laughs> didn't do anything, but, like, a whole room of people had turned and admonished, ad- admonished this dog. I, I, oh I, was, I thought you were about to say that someone shouted out Marco. Oh, <laughs> that been good. That situation has never happened. Oh man, I've I've been there, been there, it'll, Hermione. It'll happen to you eventually. Just grab up the beer. I don't. Yeah, I don't usually drink beer. I'm kind of really bougie. I only drink expensive whiskey and wine. Oh, that's great though. <laughs> I actually just remembered another story when <laughs> when my my husband Sean and I had just bought our brand new couch and we had just assembled it and like the first weekend we had it drew again. <laughs> had a beer on it and fell asleep and spilled the beer all over it. I feel like most of the Drew stories I hear involve him being kind of asleep. And or wasted. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, one and the same sometimes. There's that one time Zach was like, should we call an ambulance? Because Drew was like non-responsive. And I'm like, no, he does this all the time. Did Haley Haley throw water on him? What happened? Haley brought his fiance Rachel water to throw on okay, him okay, and let okay. her do the honors, that which right. she gleefully did. She and was so happy right to up. do that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Angelina, wait, love this scene so much. Um, Angelina comes up to Harry and is like, hey, your bud, he's not good. Um, but I'm hoping that with the power of friendship, we can make him good, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> not the power of friendship. <laughs> I love that Angelina's like, I'm going to level with Harry. Because, like, I feel like she's like, well, he kn- he'll he know if I don't. <laughs> we, sh- we should talk about it. it. It's, like, very much, like, I'm going to level with you. This this girl was better, but she's got commitments. <laughs> this guy was better, but he's an asshole. Yeah. So, so your friend was the third choice. He's the one. You got to get and, him to uh, shape up. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's your problem up. now, basically. <laughs> Harry goes over to Hermione and confides in her about his scar hurting when Umbridge touched him. Hermione's like, go tell Dumbledore. They bicker back and forth a bit. Harry's like, whatever. I'm going to bed. Tell Ron I'm going to bed. And Hermione is like, oh, God, no. Now that you're leaving, I can also leave without being rude, which is relatable. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of the chapter. And that's that. Wow. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm exhausted too. Talia, is there anything that we like skipped over that you want to circle back to or anything that you want to drive home that we did talk about or any final words about the 
content? Just the not giving her the satisfaction. That's why you're not going to Dumbledore. It's bad. Harry it's bad babes, reason. you are 15. It's bad. You are a child. Yeah, he just, I guess he's just not used to having any reliable adults in his life ever, especially because Dumbledore is being cold to him this year. Yeah. That's really, Dumbledore, like, can you see what you're doing? You're, like, alienating your hero right now. I would like to posit that Harry has never had anyone ever be reliable in his life. Except Molly and Arthur Weasley, perhaps. Mm, yeah. No. As much as they can, which I guess is not consistent. They still allow him to be sent back to the Dursleys. They still keep information from him um, right. that is You're valuable. Totally right. Especially at the beginning of this book. So I think that, no, I don't think that Molly and Arthur Weasley can be trusted. I don't think that Harry fully trusts anyone. Even Ron and Hermione. I mean, like, if I were Harry, and if I were, like, subject to all of his traumas, I don't know that I would even... Be capable of fully trusting Ron and Hermione at certain points because, like, considering how Ron like abandoned him at the beginning of the tournament, like, considering oh how Hermione has like severely mishandled things and gone behind his back, yeah, in his best interests, I think you know if I were Harry, I'd very much want to do like the lone gunslinger thing because Harry can't trust anyone. He can't yeah. even trust himself. Can't even trust his own thoughts. <laughs> That's There's true. Up in there. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like in the last book he really relied on Sirius a lot, but in this book Sirius is being like kind of, I mean, for you know, bratty to be very like you know simplistic about it. Like Sirius has been acting in a way that makes Harry feel probably like he's not reliable. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, at the very end of the chapter. Harry does say, he's like, I'll just write to Sirius. Oh, yeah, you're right about and that. But then, then she's like, no. Then Hermione's <laughs> like, no. And he's like, oh, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> I'm not going to. So he, it doesn't even matter. He can't, like, write. It's the people in, in the school. Those are his only resources. So he really should be going to McGonagall. Like, that's the answer. Yeah, that's like, the He answer. should be going to McGonagall. Like, the last interaction they had, she was, like, looking out for him. Even if she was, like, keep your head down. Like, she was still looking out for his best interest. Like, he should take that and be like, okay, I need to talk to her about this. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, when he tried to talk to her about the stone, did she listen then? Like, Wow, you're right about that. But that was so long ago. Come on, try again. You're, adult. you're an adult now. Try again. Plus, he has physical evidence on yeah, his hand. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, you're it, right was about so, that. it was so long ago. But think about the fact that, like, Harry's 15... This is the beginning of what we would call sophomore year. For him, that would be at the beginning of what we would call 10th grade. That would be the end of what we would call 6th grade. Like, when you're 15, that's not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. When you've only lived for a few years, three years is not a lot. I mean, Harry just needs a hug and a therapist, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Grace, is there anything that you wanted to circle back to? drive home no please get this this chapter needs to just (laughs) i this chapter is so painful to me i just want to get it out of here i hated it sad face this chapter wasn't as bad as the recording i did this morning we had to talk about the last episode of season three of doctor who which is one of the worst episodes of doctor who of all time oh Oh, no (laughs) so rough day (laughs) well my favorite moment in this chapter just uh to kind of tie the whole thing up is uh when angelina comes up to harry and is like your friend's not good but i hired him anyway 
I love her a lot. I really love this uh, position of authority for her. Like, I love that she's getting the chance to shine out what she's good at. And um, that's it. Me too. And I particularly loved her phrasing of, Ron is not fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) She said bluntly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Something I was noticing in this chapter that I forgot to mention. Like, I noticed this in every single chapter of Harry Potter forever. But sometimes it's more strong than others. And in this chapter, there was a lot of Joanne yep. doing that dumb thing she does where she uses an adverb. So many adverbs. To, to describe the way someone is saying something that is obvious. <sighs> so like, don't go up there. It's dangerous. Hermione said warningly. You don't need to say warningly. She is warning. Yeah, we There's one it. where it's like, Something fucked up, Ron said darkly in this chapter. And it's like the thing he said is dark. It's not like he said it darkly. Well, I actually just opened to a random page and it says, Well, they were right, weren't they? Hermione said impatiently. Or said Hermione impatiently. There I remember acidly was one. Acidly. Wait, where's my book? Oh my god. I just went to grab it and it's not here. Okay, well, I guess I'm That's not unusual. referencing it. What? I, I usually don't reference it, but there was like several of those redundant adverbs that made me want to take her editor and throttle them. Yeah. What were you doing? By the time the fifth book came out, she had too much power. I know, but like, come on, like the book doesn't have to be stupid because like these are stupid writing things. Like don't say if your book, I'm sorry, I like just hit my microphone. If your book is almost 900 pages, don't. Say the thing you're saying twice. Don't say it twice. I swear to God, concision. She said passionately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling really (laughs) impassioned about this. She said passionately. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Okay. (laughs) Let's move on to plugs. Talia, where can people find you on the internet? There's a lot of places people can find me on the internet. Do it. List them. I'm going to put them in the show notes so nobody has to remember anything. You can find me on, well, it's actually really easy because all my handles are the same across all the platforms. Um, So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Talia underscore Franks. That's my personal account. Um, You can find the Wibbly Wobbly Tummy Wimey podcast on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. We never use Facebook at WibblyPod. And then we're also wibblypod.com. I love it. I love the name of your podcast, by the way. Let's see. If you want to go to my website, it's wordforsense.com. But you can also just forward it from taliafranks.com because I bought the domain so that no one did anything creepy with it. And that's my personal website and blog. Um, if you want to find my fanfic, I'm Jess Melestiel on AO3. Or you can go to my fanfic website, jessmelestiel.com. It's a portmanteau of Jessa, Malik, and Deskiel because those were the ships I was really into in 2016 when I made my AO3 profile. Cool. I'm so sorry to anyone who has expectations from that, by the way. I do not write in the Shadowhunters or Supernatural fandoms. <laughs> All of my fanfic is Harry Potter, <laughs> Doctor Who, Good Omens, or Marvel. And Talia, what's something you've been watching, reading, playing, listening to lately you think the listeners of our podcast might enjoy? I'm really into reading fanfics by Gravel to Tempo on AO3. 
I feel like her fanfics are really great. I've been reading mostly her like MCU fanfics, although I know she also writes uh, Teen Wolf fanfic. Am I allowed to recommend a fanfic author? Do I have to recommend something mainstream? No. Oh my god, no. I re- if I have to recommend something mainstream, though, I watched the Wakanda Forever movie and it is, it made me feel things <laughs> Amazing. so much. What an endorsement. I think it's probably my favorite movie in the MCU now. Yay. Cool. Oh my god, what high praise. Thank you so much. I love those recommendations. I love that you gave like a super indie one and then you gave like a, <laughs> yeah. the most mainstream. It's a good balance. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I gave like I gave like a very niche, like you should go f- check out this fanfic author on AO3. And then also <laughs> you should go check out one of the biggest movies that yeah. has come out. <laughs> <laughs> good balance. Grace, where can people find you on the internet? Well, people, if you if you aren't already, you should be following. Christina and my company, Wildling Press, on all of the socials, at Wildling Press. And speaking of Wildling, yesterday, The Tarnished released, officially. (gasps) Oh my god. I know. (laughs) Oh my god. Yes. Amazing. (laughs) Like, I've been working on this for so long, (laughs) but I'm like shocked that you just said that. I know. I know. So, um, if you haven't heard of The Tarnished, then... First of all, where have you been? Second of all, you probably <laughs> haven't heard of The Blameless, which is the first in the series. And if that's the case, hurry up and read The Blameless so that you right. can read The Tarnished. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so it's excited. So good. Yeah. Okay. Great plug. Thank Great you. But plug. I have another one too, though. Okay. Okay. That um, was a business plug. This is your personal exactly. plug. Um, I got you. I got you. In case you're going to a Thanksgiving dinner and um, you need like a quick thing to bring, I recommend... A delicious recipe, a pumpkin snickerdoodle cookie um, from Cambria Bakes. Uh, It's just a delicious little cookie. It's got everything you need, some fall flavors. You don't need a mixer to make it. You don't even need to chill the dough. So you can make it real quick in a pinch, and they're super yummy. Ooh, I love when you plug recipes, Grace. I feel like I'm just going to do that from now on. Yeah, (laughs) hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And I'm going to carry on with my, um, I'm doing my uh, podcast plug marathon. I've separated all the podcasts that I listen to into genres and I'm plugging a genre every week just because I'm kind of out of plugs that I'm doing right now. Uh, So this week I would love to tell you guys about the social justice and like political podcast that I listen to. I listen to Visible Women, which is a podcast about um, women's issues across the world. I listen to Megacorp, which is about um, like monopolies, and they have had one season so far, and it was about Amazon. I listen to Five Four Podcast, which is about why the Supreme Court sucks. I listen to The Shit Show, which is like current events and news through, you know, like a leftist lens from these cool Australian producers. I listen to Behind the Bastards, which is kind of a history podcast, but it's really about like the shittiest people in history, including like today kind of also, which is why I put it in the social justice politics section. And then the final podcast I listen to in this category is Why It Matters, which is produced by the Council of Foreign Relations. And it's about like the biggest issues plaguing the earth today, like a lot of like environmental stuff, humanitarian stuff. So I recommend all of those podcasts wholeheartedly. Cool. Yeah, those all sound like great podcasts. They truly are. I'm like out of breath now. (laughs) These are so, these take so much air to say. Talia, thank you so, so much for joining us on today's episode. 
Yeah, it was great being here. Um, thank you so much for inviting me. It was fun to get the chance to flex my latent Harry Potter muscles. <laughs> and um, it was very serendipitous considering when this episode's coming out and um, like your work with, you said they're called History Cambridge now, is that right? Yeah. That just happened. Nothing on this podcast when it comes to scheduling is ever planned. It always just <laughs> happens by accident and it was perfect. So thanks again, Talia. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And Grace, as always, thank you for being my uh, co-chair. Mm, and thank you, Christina, for being just such a lovely host. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so welcome. And that's the end of the episode. Crushed it. Crushed it. That's it, Potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you. Sitting there on a seal. Well, now look at back at me. I'm on a, on an even bigger seal. Now look away. D and D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that, and Ang just like unzips his pants and whips out his d twenties. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> so go bending waterfall. We'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. What kind of slum do you think this is? Um, I think that I have a brain flock because Talia in Percy Jackson is like with a TH and there's a lot of oh, contention yeah. about whether it's Talia or Thalia. Well, that's a different name, actually. Oh, it has like a different root? Yeah, that's the Greek oh. name. My name's a Hebrew name. <gasps> that's very cool. I did not know that they were different. Yeah. Either way, it's beautiful. <laughs> Dave X Media.